the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. That's 1-800-370-4447. Your resource for health and wellness is Wellness Radio, 1570, KDIZ, Golden Valley, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Rich Thomason in Washington. Your wallet took a bit of a hit last month with surging gas prices Welcome fueling a four-tenths of one percent rise in inflation. The Labor Department says prices at the pump went up a sharp 7.3 percent from October, excluding volatile food and energy prices. So-called core consumer inflation rose a modest 0.1 percent in November. In the past year, overall consumer inflation is up 2.2 percent, and core inflation is up 1.7 percent. Inflation pressures have remained subdued, even though the U.S. economy is gathering momentum. That's correspondent Jeremy House. Republican Senate candidate Roy Moore hints at a recount following his close loss to Democrat Doug Jones in Alabama. Taking a look at Wall Street now, stocks are higher. Dow up 62 points, NASDAQ better by 32. This is SRN News. Minneapolis is the number one healthiest and most active city as ranked by Forbes. Where does the Twin Cities turn to for wellness tips and trends? Right here on Twin Cities Wellness Radio, with a plethora of different on-air hosts and experts that focus on all areas of health and wellness for all your active lifestyle needs. The Twin Cities moves, and so do we. Tune in in your car, download the mobile app, or stream us live from your computer by visiting us online at TwinCitiesWellnessRadio.com. And whatever you do, don't miss Saturday's Wellness 1570. Show. Thank you for and don't forget, every day tuning in. Just ahead, we've got like a great special radio. Today, the forecast we on this have Wednesday our from the Eagle Wellness coral studio calcium powder mix and our freezing drizzles and snow showers capsules. plus three conditions. And these are excipient free, no weird chemicals. And if diamonds are a girl's best friend, then your BFF. There's, of course, get and Jewelers. There's just now 12 days capsule, until Christmas, so don't fight the all clouds. Make one easy stop at Wix and Jewelers. So if you're taking this long... Giving your computer problems for boots. Arby's Computer Service. Hi, everybody. Randy from Arby's Computer Service. Let's talk managed services. Managed services is when you let a company like ours take over the responsibilities of keeping all of your computers and servers protected and running efficiently. We keep your systems patched, keep antivirus protection on all of your systems, provide a way to filter out much of the malware, manage your backups, and most of all, keep you up and running. This is no easy task and takes you time. Time is money. If your server or even an important computer goes down, can you afford this? Let us take care of all this for you, and you can stay focused on being profitable. And don't forget, we also fix your PCs, Macs, cell phones, and tablets, too. Call us today at 763-441-3884. Once again, 763-441-3884. Or find us on the web at rbsmn.com. Giving your computer problems the boots. Arby's Computer Service. When I was little, I didn't talk for a long time. I liked things to always be the same. Anything new or different would scare and upset me. I was very sensitive to lights and sounds. It was almost like I had bigger eyes and ears than everyone else. So I built secret hiding places where nothing could get in. I didn't like looking people in the eye. It made me feel uncomfortable. I'd throw big tantrums over little things like when my socks didn't match. Sometimes I'd do the same things over and over. Until one day, I found out I had autism. My family got me help. Slowly, I learned how to live with it better. You can see signs of autism in children as young as 18 months. Early intervention can make a lifetime of difference. Learn the signs at autismspeaks.org slash signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. I was nine weeks along and didn't know what else to do. I felt helpless and I didn't want to leave it up to her, but I didn't know what to do or say. I didn't know there were other options available. I didn't know it was a baby with a beating heart. 
at 18 days. Hello, my name is Marianne Koharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America, the Billboard People. So often we get calls just like this from men and women seeking help and alternatives. Our 800 hotline connects callers to the services they need for pregnancy, adoption, as well as post-abortion assistance. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of confidential counseling or would like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please call 1-800-366-7773 or check us out on the web, pro ProLifeAcrossAmerica.org. ProLife Across America is educational, non-political, and tax deductible. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. ProLife Across America, the Billboard people. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? If you want to be inspired, get help in becoming all you can be. The time is now for Like It Matters Radio with your host, Mr. Scott V. Black. It's a great day to be alive. Welcome to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am your blessed radio host, your radio life caddy. And you can call me Mr. Black. And you are more blessed today than normal because today we're going to be doing a nuts and bolts class. Today, the title of the show is Data for the Journey. You know, ladies and gentlemen, we're all in the people business. No matter what we do for a living, no matter if we get a paycheck or not, the one thing we all are doing is we're working with people. If we look in the mirror, we're looking at a person. If we get married, we get married to a person. Uh, If we have little babies, we procreate little people. We are all in the people business. And let's be honest. If you're in the car business, you know everything about cars. If you're in the computer business, you know everything about computers. But ladies and gentlemen, no matter what we do, whether we get a paycheck or not, we are in the people business. We were created for relationships. Uh, Those of you who read the Bible, you know this. We are created for horizontal and vertical relationships. Just like I have a few pets that uh, build, we have a relationship with that add uh, some quality to my life. God created creatures, same thing, so he can have a relationship with them. And then he created other creatures so that we can have relationships with each other. So if we really want to master this experience called the human experience, it is important that we truly understand people. Matter of fact, that's how I got to where I am today. That's why I get to do my leadership training. That's why I get to be on the radio uh, because about 30 years ago, I realized how messed up I was, and it was a time to fix me. And as I went inside, started doing some psychotherapy, started cleaning up some stuff, started taking a look at what's going on, I realized I identified patterns, and I learned a lot of things that I never would have learned if it wasn't for the pain and the hurt that was driving me. And so today we're going to talk about data for the journey. Because a lot of people think I read their minds. I don't. I used to have my ex-wife, uh, she used to, I'll never forget this. She told her babysitter, you know, we shared custody of our little son, Major. And she told her babysitter uh, that when she meets me, to be careful, don't shake my hand or don't look me directly in the eye. Because I have powers, because I can read people's minds. I don't read people's minds. I don't believe anybody can read anybody else's mind. What I do is I take a look at the data, and there's all kinds of data in front of us that we don't see, that we don't hear, that we don't sense. It does not negate that the data is there, but most people don't pick up on it. And so today, we're going to talk about all the data for the journey. You know, we are, today we're going to be focusing on interpersonal communication, you know, how to build relationships, how to connect with people better. You know, uh, my wife and I are going through some marriage counseling because we want to have a great marriage. Uh, And our our therapist recommended, you know, The Five Love Languages by Dr. Gary Chapman. And it's a great book. I think 11 million copies have been sold. And it's all about connecting, spouses connecting, uh, understanding each person's love language. Uh, So this is by Gary Chapman. Uh, The five different love languages are words of affirmation. Uh, The language uses words to affirm other people. Quality time. This language is all about giving the other person your undivided attention. Uh, The third one's receiving gifts, acts of service, and physical touch. 
So here's an article I got uh, from uh, Dr. Chapman's website. So what exactly are these languages he speaks of? According to Dr. Chapman, there are five universal ways that all people express and interpret love. Through his more than 30 years of couples counseling, Dr. Chapman has noticed specific patterns in the way partners communicate. And it turns out that most of the population express and interpret love in the same five ways. These expressions and interpretations are his famous five love languages. Dr. Chapman firmly believes that each person has one primary and one secondary love language. You can take a quiz on his website to figure it out. And he theorizes uh, people tend to give love in the way they prefer to receive love. I think that would be absolutely accurate. Most people treat other people the way they would want to be treated. Of course, the problem with that is they're not the same person. You know, one of my classes, I have people walk somebody else who's blindfolded. So one person's blindfolded, the other person can see. And I'm teaching them about leadership, about responsibility, how truly leadership is like that blind person being led to you. They, the vision that they have is the vision that you give them. And it's always interesting because when they start off, I, I watch them when they start off, we're in a building and they have to get their stuff and pick the person up and then start walking with them. And I'm always interested in paying attention to that pre-conversation, that first conversation. As I, when I'm done talking, I gave instructions, is there any communication? And the communication that should take place is this, how would you like to be led? Would you like an arm on you? Would you like me to verbalize? What's the best way for me to lead you? But usually that conversation doesn't take place. Why? Because most people do this. Most people say, well, I'm going to lead that person the way I would desire to be led. But the problem is this, that person's not you. Trust me, I have a lot of issues in my marriage because I want to <laughs> lead my wife or I want to treat my wife the way I want to be treated. And oh my gosh, are they so different. It's not making things better, it's making things worse. So uh, it's time for me to grow and time for me to uh, to pay attention to some of these love languages. So here are the five love, love languages. Words of affirmation. According to Chapman, this language uses words to affirm other people. For those who prefer the words of affirmation language, hearing I love you and other compliments are what they value the most. Words hold real value within this language. Furthermore, furthermore, negative or insulting comments cut deep and won't easily be forgiven. And what I'm realizing uh, is my wife, uh, these are, this is hers, words of affirmation. And boy, when I'm critical and when I'm uh, in my Mr. Black mode, boy, I do a lot of damage. And so uh, just reading this, getting prepared for this radio show is a lot of guilt, a lot of shame. <laughs> Because uh, right or wrong, good or bad, she needs to be affirmed. Uh, and whether I like it or agree with it, whether I think she's doing a great job or not, I've got to figure this out. She's not my employee. Uh, she's not somebody I'm mentoring, although that's how I met her, is mentoring her. Uh, now she's my wife. So I've got to adapt. I've got to change. Uh, and boy, uh, it's going a little bit slow. In all fairness, a little bit slow. Number two is quality time. This language is all about giving the other person your undivided attention. Unlike the words of affirmation language, talk is cheap and being a loved one's main focus leaves quality timers feeling satisfied and comforted. Distractions, postponed dates, or the failure to listen can be especially hurtful to those individuals. Being there for them is crucial. I wouldn't have said that that was mine until I read the details of what he said. Number three, receiving gifts. Dr. Chapman says for some people, what makes them feel most love is to receive a tangible gift. This doesn't necessarily mean the person is materialistic, but a meaningful or thoughtful present. It makes them feel appreciated. Number four, acts of service. For these people, actions speak louder than words. That's me. People who speak the language of service want their partner to recognize that their life is rough and help them out in any way possible. Landing a helping hand shows you really care. People who thrive on this language do not deal well with broken promises or perceived laziness and have very little tolerance for people who make more work for them. Basically, if you're not willing to show your appreciation by doing them a favor, you're saying you don't value them. And I hate to say this, but this is probably my primary. My two, without a doubt, would be this. And the next one, physical touch. I'm not sure which one is more. Probably acts of service. But my secondary language would be the fifth one, which is physical touch. To this person, nothing speaks more deeply than appropriate touch. That doesn't mean only in the bedroom. Everyday physical connections like hand-holding, kissing, or any type of reaffirming physical contact is greatly appreciated. A person who speaks their language of physical 
physical touch isn't necessarily an over-the-top pda -er, but getting a little touchy-feely does make them feel safe and loved. Any instance of physical abuse is a total deal-breaker. And so those are the five love languages. And, you know, we got psychometrics. After the break, I'll talk about different psychometrics, Myers-Briggs, Enneagram, DISC, ways that we can ask people questions. And then through this format, we can put out a psychometric, basically a pattern of how they operate. And so we'll go through those. But the good news is I want you to know I'm going to show you how you don't even need those. Yeah, we'll go into psychometrics. Yeah, we'll go into five love languages. But I want you to know, ladies and gentlemen, listeners, that you don't need to know all that. Just by being in the now moment, just by being aware of what people are saying, how they're saying it, by watching their physiology, watching their eyes, that's going to tell you more about that person than all this other stuff. By actually listening to the words someone's saying, these things called predicates, you will know what language that person is talking in. So today, the show is called Data for the Journey. I am Mr. Black. You are under construction on the Like It Matters radio network. We'll be back in three minutes. I've been to training put on by Tony I've Robbins. been to training put on by Tony Robbins and Zig Ziglar. But I've never walked away with a growth experience like I did with the Leadership Awakening. Are you stuck in a rut? Have you leveled life's undulating line and flatlined your hopes and dreams? The time is now to attend Leadership Awakening with Mr. Black. Not since my Ranger training in the U.S. Army have I been pushed to see and feel the abilities I have to live life to the fullest. During this three-day life boot camp, you will clean up your thinking and restart your heart, helping you have the passion and enthusiasm your life's been missing. My heart was spiritually mended. I'm excited about living my life like it matters. By far the best 46 hours I've ever spent. Graduates leave Leadership Awakening refocused with the biggest feeling of self-confidence and a renewed passion and enthusiasm for their business and their personal lives. Call now and commit to giving and getting more from life. 817-502-1554 or email me at mr.black at likeitmatters.net. That's mr.black at likeitmatters.net. For 30 years, the healthcare insurers have had it wrong. We don't need to manage our healthcare we need to manage the finance of our health care. Sustainable health care. What is it? How do we attain it? And what changes are needed? What does this mean for doctors, health care insurers, pharmaceutical companies, and most importantly, you the patient? If you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. Or can you change the system to keep your doctor in practice? These and a host of other questions will be addressed by Dr. Stephen Trobiani, MD, and his new program, Sustainable Healthcare, on Wellness 1570, Saturday afternoons at 2. Dr. Trobiani brings his 30 years of medical practice and many years of uncovering problems in the healthcare industry and offering solutions on restructuring healthcare financing through free enterprise. Tune in Saturdays at 2 on Twin Cities Wellness Radio, Wellness 1570, and listen to Dr. Trobiani's insights into providing prescriptions to what ails the healthcare industry. Saturdays at 2 on Wellness 1570. Did you know approximately 980 Minnesotans will be diagnosed with pancreatic cancer this year? Only 88 will live to see the year 2022. These are not simply statistics. Every one of those diagnosed represents someone's mother, father, sister, brother, colleague, or friend. Pancreatic cancer is the world's toughest cancer, with a five-year survival rate of just 9% in the U.S. The Pancreatic Cancer Action Network is determined to improve patient outcomes today and double survival by 2020. We need your help. We are the only organization with a nationwide grassroots army, inspiring over 1 million people to take action and accelerate progress in the fight to end pancreatic cancer. We must do more and demand urgent action to save lives. Find out how you can join the fight by visiting pancan.org. That's P-A-N-C-A-N.org. Pancan.org. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters Inspiration, Education, and Application. I'm Mr. Black, your blessed radio host and coach, and today we are talking about data for the journey. And I want to welcome our new listeners in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, they are listening on Praise 95.1 FM and 1260 AM, the St. Louis Gospel Experience. In St. Louis, we play from 7 to 8 p.m. And I'd love to hear from you, St. Louis. Just email me at mrblack at likeitmattersradio.com. That's M-R-B-L-A-C-K at likeitmattersradio.com. And our listeners in the beautiful Twin 
Twin Cities and Minneapolis, St. Paul. You can listen to us there as well on your local dial, AM 1570. You can live stream with them on TwinCitiesWellnessRadio.com, TwinCitiesWellnessRadio.com. And for the rest of us living all over the world, uh, whether you're being in Brazil or China or Russia or Timbuktu, Idaho, you can just go to your little app on your phone that's called iHeartRadio, and you can go ahead and query. You can search for Wellness Radio 1570, 1570, and there you will find us every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Central Standard Time and replayed at drive time from 5 to 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. And you can always go to our website, likeitmattersradio.com, and you can listen to archived messages at your own leisure. And iTunes actually carries us now as well. So you can subscribe to iTunes, to Like It Matters Radio, uh, and there we'll be sitting at the end of my radio show. It's sitting right there. You can listen to it at your own leisure, whether you're driving halfway across country or sitting in a hotel room or at an airport. And so I'm just, I want to thank you for joining us, for listening. This is the cause. If we're going to change this world, we've got to start with each person one at a time. If we're going to change each individual, we're going to have to change our thinking. And this is a head game. You know, always tell people, I've met the enemy and he's living in my shorts. But what we're working on today is data for the journey. We are in the people business. And today we're focusing on interpersonal communication. So first of all, let me define communication for you. Communication is an interactive process. The more you understand how the other person is thinking and feeling, the better you can communicate to get what you both want from the interaction. Isn't that a great point? To get what you both want from the interaction. The ultimate win-win. And that's why I love studying transactional analysis. Transactional analysis was Dr. Eric Burns' way to take the complex field of psychoanalysis, uh, psychotherapy, uh, psych- whatever you want to call it, and put it into layman's terms. And uh, so I want to talk about Dr. Albert Moravian. Because Dr. Moravian uh, did some seminal work. And let me just quote here from uh, Dr. Albert Moravian. He said, it is important to note that when analyzing transactions, and that's what transactional analysis is, a transaction is a stimulus and a response. It is a communication. It's exchange of information. That's why transactional analysis is technically the study of communication. So it's important to note that when analyzing transactions, one must look beyond what is being said. Remember the old saying, uh, it's not always what you say, but the way you say it. Again, as I go through some counseling with my bride, uh, boy, I hear that a lot. It's not always that what you say, it's how you say it uh, on both sides, not just one person's account. According to Dr. Byrne, one must look at how the words are being delivered. In other words, accents of particular words, changes in tone, volume, etc. He says, as the nonverbal signs accompanying these words, body language, facial expression, etc., transactional analysis will pay attention to all of these cues when analyzing a transaction and identifying which ego states are involved. The importance of these nonverbal cues can be understood by considering the work of Dr. Albert Moravian. Byrne passed away in 1970 before Moravian's seminal work was published. However, Moravian's work quantitatively proved the importance of nonverbal cues in communication. According to Dr. Moravian, when an individual is speaking, the listener focusing on the following three types of communication. Actual words, 7%. The way words are delivered, in other words, the tone, accents on certain words, etc., 38%. Facial expressions and other things that people see, ready, 55%. Stunning, isn't it? Only 7% of communication in agreement getting presentation is words. Now, I'm not saying words aren't important. Don't make up stuff I'm not saying. But as important as words are, I'm going to tell you, 93% is everything else. I've told you before, I do class in Mexico. I speak very little Spanish, not even uh, enough to order at a Mexican restaurant where nobody speaks English. I want you to know that. But I do have a little bit of working knowledge of the language, a little bit, but cannot carry on conversations. I do the entire training, whether we're in Mexico or in America, in English. And we have sometimes, we've had classes, I just had one a couple weeks back, where 10 of the 11 people were from Mexico, seven of them barely spoke English, could not carry on a, 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 a troubled conversation. That's how broken their English was. And by the end of the class, you never know it. Their, their ability to speak English uh, probably quadrupled. Uh, they got the training. Uh, you wouldn't know it was in, in a different class. The, the graduations look identical. 
Why? Because of Dr. Moravian's work. You know, in the above statistics, the percentage figure indicates the degree of importance the listener places on that type of communication. One can see that facial expressions play a far more important role in communication and thus transactional analysis than the actual words exchange. And some of the learnings that he got from not only Dr. Moravian's work, but also Dr. William, I'm sorry, Wilder Penfield. Dr. Penfield was a neurosurgeon from McGill University. And Dr. Byrne used a lot of his research as well. And a couple things he learned. Number one, the human brain acts in many ways like a camcorder. It vividly records events. And while that event may not necessarily be able to be consciously retrieved by the owner, the event always exists in the brains. That's the experiential aquarium. And secondly, both the event and the feelings experienced during the event are stored in the brain. The event and the feelings are locked together. Neither one can be recalled without the other. That's what's critical to know. So another thing I want to address real quick, just so you see that what we're talking about here is this thing called ego states. This is, again, part of transactional analysis. An ego state is a consistent pattern of feeling and experiencing directly related to a corresponding consistent pattern of behavior. So Eric Byrne was a psychologist in the 50s in Carmel, California. Poor guy. He noticed patterns. That's my background in neuro-linguistic programming. I see patterns. Like any good psychiatrist, he consistently noted that his patients would change over the course of a conversation. Sometimes the changes were verbal. Other times the changes could involve facial expressions, body language, posture, emotions, and many other nonverbal cues. And he gives the example of this 35-year-old lawyer that he treated. During the session, the lawyer, a male, said, I'm not really a lawyer, I'm just a little boy. But outside the confines of Dr. Byrne's office, this patient was a successful, hard-charging attorney. Later in their session, the lawyer would frequently ask Dr. Byrne if he was talking to the lawyer or the little boy. Byrne was intrigued by this as he was seeing a single individual display two different states of being. Byrne began referring to these two states as adult and child. Later, Byrne identified a third state, one that seemed to represent what the patient had observed in his parents when he was small. Byrne referred to this as the, quote, parent. As Byrne then turned to his other patients, he began to observe that these three ego states were present in all of them. As Byrne gained confidence in his theory, he went on to introduce these in a 1957 paper, one year before he published his seminal paper introducing transactional analysis. And it's so cool that it will be demonstrated that the parent, adult, and child are not concepts. You know, with Freud, Freud had the, the ego, the id, and the superego, and they were basically mindsets, if you will. So they're not concepts uh, like the superego, the ego, the id, or the Jungian constructs, but phenomenological realities. They show up. Stated another way, Freud's, Freud's ego states are unobservable theoretical states. However, Burns' three ego states can be confirmed with observable behaviors. And this is what you got to get. There's observable behaviors. I mean, we're told already, this one I want to start getting into the learning styles. There are three different learning styles. If you go to familyeducation.com, they talk about this. You can go to my website, likeitmatters.net, same thing. There's the visual, the auditory, and the kinesthetic. You got to know this. Students that have learning disabilities have one commonality, a processing deficit that interferes with their learning. Nevertheless, it's important to remember that every individual learns differently and thus has a unique learning style. Approximately 20 to 30 percent of the school age population remembers what is heard. Forty percent recalls well visually the things that are seen or read. Many must write or use their fingers in some manipulative way to help them remember basic facts. Other people cannot internalize information or skills unless they use them in real-life activities, such as actually writing a letter to learn the correct format. For some, auditory input is most valuable. Others rely upon a visual style. Still, others learn through kinesthetic means or a combination of all three. So you got to learn this because this is how we learn. I teach learning styles. 
auditory learners. Auditory learners tend to benefit most from traditional teaching. Why? Because they learn by hearing. They can sit on their butt and be lectured all day and they're going to process things in. Many teachers use a lecture-style forum presenting information by talking to their students. They regulate voice tone, inflection, and body language, and that helps students maintain interest and attention. Auditory learners succeed when directions are read aloud, speeches are required, or information is presented. Then you have visual learners. Some students rely upon a visual learning style. Show me and I'll understand. Visual learners benefit from diagrams, charts, pictures, films, written directions. They value to-do lists, assignment logs. And then there's a kinesthetic learner. By the way, most people that are called ADD, ADHD will fall into the learning style of kinesthetic. Most of the school population excels through kinesthetic means, touching, feeling, experiencing the material at hand. Children enter kindergarten as kinesthetic and tactile learners, moving and touching everything as they learn. And by second or third grade, some students have become visual learners. Kinesthetic learners, are, they need to touch things. They're hands-on learners. They're fidget. They move around. And kinesthetics have a lack of focus. Now, the interesting thing is, after the break, I'm going to go into, these are all three modalities that every single human being has. These are the modalities we learn. I can actually teach you submodalities of how you store things in the, these three ways in your unconscious brain that dictates your experience. It's not what happens to your life that dictates your experience. It's how you store it, how you remember it, how you recollect it, how you remind yourself. So after the break, I'm going to go through ways that you can actually see, hear, and feel these different learning styles. Today's show is called Data for the Journey, and I'm going to go in and explain to you how all this data is available. You just got to know what you're looking for, what you're listening for, and what you're feeling on Like It Matters Radio. Events and special occasions can be more than just gatherings. You desire to create lasting memories. That's what our Britain Catering and Hospitality's goal is in every event and special occasion designed for you, creating lasting memories. Seek an array of award-winning venues and sample exquisite food from the best chefs along with the best possible presentation. That is what Britain does for you. Weddings, family reunions, galas, special events for businesses are all areas where Britain shines. This husband and wife team make a great serving combination. Challenge Seth and Don as they journey to become the number one catering team in the world. Three unique catering options. Apples to Apples offers a unique farm-to-table concept. This Little Piggy, a Minnesota favorite for 30 years and distinctive catering with its luxurious and memorable style. Britain Catering and Hospitality. AbritonCatering.com. That's A-B-R-I-T-I-N Catering.com. Creating lasting memories. If you're part of a small business, please listen for the next 55 seconds. Paladin Law's Larry Frost may save you thousands of dollars. Don't let the pace of your business blind you to the laws you have to follow. Even if you don't know they exist, Larry specializes in small business law, forming companies, writing and litigating contracts, advising you before you get in legal trouble. Avoiding disputes with suppliers, clients, and the government is a lot cheaper than solving disputes. Here is Larry Frost of Paladin Law. My goal is to meet with you and discuss your unique situation. Together, let's see if you need legal representation. If you do, I will work with you to take the legal actions needed so you can concentrate on running your business undistracted by legal worries or conflicts. I know you'll sleep better at night once you know that you're protected. Larry came from a military family and spent 27 years serving in the Marines and Army. Paladin Law will bring the same ethics and teamwork to your business. Paladin Law. Have law, will travel. PaladinLawMN.com. Here's what business owner Ken Johnson had to say about the impact Like It Matters Leadership Awakening had on his employees. Since then, they have been on fire. They have been committed as a team, absolutely changed. They are energized in a way that is, is off the charts, different and better than we ever had before. First of all, best investment I ever made. Secondly, we decided to reduce our investment in some other areas so we can reinvest that money in more people for this experience. Every single person has been thrilled with the results and myself included. Change the course of your life. Go to likeitmatters.net and click on schedule to register for a leadership awakening class in your area. That's likeitmatters.net. Leadership Awakening. We don't take applicants, only commitment. 
Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am Mr. Black, and today on Like It Matters Radio, we're talking about data for the journey. You know, ladies and gentlemen, we're on this planet for relationships. If you're a child of the risen king, if you're a child of God, then you're first created for that uh, horizontal, I should say, vertical relationship. But secondarily, we're created to have relationships horizontally with other human beings. And ladies and gentlemen, if we truly want to understand another person, we must walk in their shoes. And so there are lots of different ways we could work on interpersonal communication. Uh, the first two segments, we were talking about some of that. Talked about Dr. Morabian's work. We've talked about transactional analysis. If you missed any of this radio show, you want to listen to it again. Uh, if you're listening in the morning, this show will replay from 5 to 6 p.m. on iHeartRadio. This show will replay at 5 to 6 p.m. on uh, AM 1570 in Minneapolis-St. Paul or TwinCitiesWellnessRadio.com. You can listen to it that way. So you can study transactional analysis. Uh, you can study neuro-linguistic programming, which is my background. Uh, you can listen to this radio show daily. I would highly recommend you go to LikeItMatters.net where I teach you this stuff. I teach you this stuff at the cellular level. But we're working on connecting with other people. And this is such an important field that businesses spend hundreds of millions of dollars every year on what's called psychometrics. Uh, Myers-Briggs, the Enneagram, DISC, uh, if those of you that uh, float around on the web a lot, you've seen, are you red light, green light, blue light, or yellow light? Are you these four things? You know, there's four things. It all basically goes back to the DISC work, Dr. William Marston's work uh, on the emotions of normal people. And basically, it goes all the way back to Hippocrates. Uh, and he would separate uh, uh, personality styles into four bodily fluids. And that's where it all comes from. Uh, but, you know, the interesting thing about psychometrics, it's all dependent on what the other person thinks. So Myers-Briggs, Enneagram, DISC, all those, you're giving a set of questions, you answer those questions, and based on how you answer those questions, you get this readout, this psychometric printout. And then you share it with other people, and then we teach people this is what this type of person does, this is what this type of person does, and then you adapt. And there's great quant- there's great value in that. Uh, but I, I was reading on the uh, Myers-Briggs, uh, there's like $10 million a year spent on just that alone. Uh, and 50% of people cannot duplicate their scores, identical scores a month apart. If they take the same exact test, cannot get the same thing. Why? Because it all depends on how you answer those questions. If you're having a good day, you've just scored your biggest sell ever, your, your marriage is going better than ever, you, your kids are doing well, you're going to answer those questions differently if you're, the night before your wife left you, you just got fired from a job, or you lost three cells in a row. You're going to answer those questions differently based on how you feel about yourself. And that's one thing I love about our brain map. We do a psychometric that's unlike any other out there. I can capture your fingerprints. It takes about five minutes. And then send it to my scientists in India. Uh, and they will send me back a 37-page print of your brain. It'll tell me all 10 of your innate intellects. It'll tell me exactly what percentage you process visually, what percentage you process auditorily, what percentage you process kinesthetically. It'll tell me exactly to the 100th percentile what percentage you process right brain versus left brain. It'll create an emotional quotient. It'll show me what your uh, creative quotient is. It'll show me what your uh, uh, um, um, uh, heart, uh, what is it called, uh, when things are really hard, your, your difficulty quotient, if you will. All that based on your fingerprint. That's why I love my brain map because it's not dictated on how you answer questions. When I send in your data to my scientists, they have 10 sets of fingerprints. That's it. They don't know if you're a man or a woman. They don't know if you're two years or, or 20 years old. They know nothing about you. And based on those fingerprints, which are unique to you, and we believe that those fingerprints, which were formed on the 13th or 21st weeks, are identical to the brain lobes that they correspond to. You have five brain lobes. Uh, you have five uh, fingers. Your right side of your brain and left side of your brain have different functions. And so it shows you the 10 stations. So uh, there's lots of ways. There's hundreds of millions of dollars spent a year on training, on doing profiles, on ordering materials to all do this. I'm certified in DISC, the original one. And so, but what I want to tell you is as good as that stuff is, and it is good, you don't need all that stuff. There's a lot of people think that I read minds. I want you to know I don't read minds. What I do is I look at the external data. See, no one could read somebody else's mind. 
But what we can do is the mind, what you're thinking is an internal map of reality. It's called the map of reality. And the only way people can know what's going on in your internal experience is through your external output. What do you mean external output? Things you can observe, things that you can hear, things that you can feel. Based on those, you see the three categories again, visual, auditory, and kinesthetic. Dr. Moravian talked about 7% of communications words. Because people really don't listen to the actual specific words. Trust me, my wife gets mad when I listen to her words because she gets mad. That's not the word I meant. That's not the word I meant. So I actually listen to the words and do my best to stay away from the tone. But the tone I hear anyways. See, people automatically hear the tonality, the timbre, all that. And so that's what most And then they see the body language. They see the facial expression. And that tells a story as well. And so here's how this works. When my external data matches your external data, people have this unconscious sense that we must be alike. And so whenever you're dealing with interpersonal communication, we're always building, we're talking about a term called rapport. Rapport is a way to get comfortable with another person. Rapport is a way that we can connect with people. It's an unconscious communication, if you will. It's a way that we can connect with other people. Rapport is a safe way uh, of feeling safe. It almost removes the invisible barrier. It's a, it's a trusting feeling. And remember, there are three parts of communication. There are words, which is 7%. There's voice, tone, and qualities, which is 38%. And there's body language, facial expressions, things that people can see, which is 55%. And when we match and mirror this person, those three areas... We then can pace and lead communication, allowing effective communication to take place. See, that's why you know when people say, well, certain people are prejudiced, every single human being is prejudiced. We all have preconceived notions. We all judge people who's fat, who's skinny, who's tall, who's short, who's a pedophile, who's not, who's right, who's wrong, who's good, who's bad. Don't you hear it? The people that are most judgmental, the people that blame everybody else for being judgmental, every single human being is judgmental. We're called to make judgments. We're called to be aware. We're called to have discernment. And when we meet people all the time, I do this in my class, and we make decisions on who we like or who we don't like based on unconscious things. We don't even know why we do it. Some of it might be skin color. Some of it might be sex based on our past. But this is how it works. And this is why I'm telling everybody that prejudice is part of the human experience. The government can't fix it, can't change it. What we got to do is understand. We got to just have understanding because if I can understand you a little bit better and you can understand me a little bit better, doesn't make sense. We're in a position to have a better relationship. And people's external output, their words, their gestures, physiology, is a physical representation of their internal map of reality. So in order to gain trust, in order to gain what we call rapport, we must meet that person on their external output, which unconsciously builds a level of trust because you must have a similar map reality. In other words, the reason why this works is because people like people like themselves. The same reason there's prejudice. I mean, 90, what, 4% of all black people voted for Barack Obama? You know they didn't vote for him because they agree with his, his point of view, I mean, because some of those black people are conservative. Some of those black people don't believe in abortion on demand. Some of those black people go to church and believe that the, the Bible says that, uh, that a marriage between a man and a woman, that God did, Jesus did not come to get rid of the Old Testament. He came to fulfill it. What God was bothered by in the Old Testament, a sin, he's still bothered by today. The difference is Jesus Christ paid the price for those that are willing to accept his sacrifice. So what we got to do is meet the person in their internal model of the world as you match their external output. And the way you do that is you match them in those three areas. You match them verbally in small talk, matching key words and phrases, you know, predicates we call them. Nonverbal, match voice quality, mirroring the body, sitting similar to them, making similar gestures, matching your behavior approaches to the situation at hand. So you got to get this. This is why we're in control of communication. If someone's resisting us, it's a statement about what we're doing, not about what they're doing. If we're the one that wants communication to take place, then technically it's our responsibility to make sure that that communication takes place. And what we got to do is we got to do fluid. Uh, there's a, a, a presupposition in NLP says that the element in a system that has the most flexibility has the most power. And so this is where leadership comes in. This is what I got to remind myself in regards to my marriage, to my marriage to have more flexibility. 
to be so focused on what I want, which is a good marriage, that I don't get bogged down in things that offend me, the things that hurt me, the things that I don't agree with it. And once we have a, a established rapport, there's a trust established, you can begin to engage in things that normally weren't possible. That's why when people leave our training, uh, they're walking and connecting with people on totally different levels. So what are the three different ways we connect with people? On body language. Match their gestures, their postures, eye movement. Eye movement tells a lot about what someone's doing, their energy level. On a voice, we can match their tone, their timber, their emotion, their pace. On words, you can match their education level. Don't be talking over people. Match the key words they use. If someone's using a key word on a regular basis, you might want to use that key word. It tells them they're listening. It, it, again, these are all unconscious. And predicates. And predicates are words that people use. If you'll just listen to them, they actually tell you how they're communicating. Visual people, believe this or not, talk in visual words. Yep. Auditory people talk in auditory words. They're called predicates. Visual people talk about like things like this, picture, imagine, focus, illustrate, clarify. We, not, we need to talk eye to eye. Let's see to it. Auditory people talk in sounds. Listen, tell, describe, tone, explain, loud, pay attention. That rings a bell. Kinesthetic people are physical, more touchy words, touch, grasp, impact. They use phrases like, let's start from scratch, slip my mind, I'm hanging in there, uh, con uh, it's a pain in the neck, I'm in a heated argument. So if you just open your ears and listen to people, you will hear how they're talking. Visual people talk in picture words. Auditory people talk in sounds. Kinesthetic people talk in touch or feelings or emotion. And so after the break, I'm going to go into the different ways you can pick up all this data. There's so much data out there. But you got to be in the now moment. you got to be fully present so you can see what people are saying. You can hear what people are saying. And you can put yourself in their shoes to feel what they're experiencing. Yes, I did it. Thank you, Mr. Black. Are those your grades for this semester? They sure are. All A's and one B. But what about your learning disability and your struggles in school? Not since I got my brain map done at Like It Matters. I now know how I best learn and the unique way that God made me. No more learning disability. You are unique. Nobody has your fingerprints and nobody is wired exactly like you. We now have the ability to show you God's fingerprints for your life through yours. The unique print on each of your fingers is a duplicate of the neural pathway in that corresponding lobe of your brain. With our exclusive brain map, we can capture your fingerprints and give you a 35-page map of your brain, your gifts, talents, and innate resources. This information is the key to unlocking your God-given potential and truly living your life like it matters. If you're ready to maximize the potential you were created with, email Mr. Black at likeitmattersradio.com or call 817-502-1554. Webster's Dictionary defines a meeting as a gathering of people for a particular purpose such as to talk about business. No matter how big or small your meeting is, WNAV Audiovisual can help. Because at WNAV Audiovisual, your meeting is our business. Hi, I'm Mark Stoneman, president of WNAV Audiovisual. Today, over 26 million meetings will take place in the United States. In today's fast-paced world, meetings are essential to keep people connected. In today's fast-paced world, you have to get business done now. Whether your meeting is in a conference room, auditorium, ballroom, or sanctuary, WNAV can provide you with audiovisual equipment and expertise quickly, smoothly, and efficiently. And we've been serving Minnesota since 1983. Learn more about what WNAV's technicians can do for you online at WNAV-video.com. That's WNAV-video.com. WNAV Audiovisual where your meeting is our business. When I attended the Leadership Awakening workshop, I didn't know what to expect, but I was open. The tools taught at Leadership Awakening helped me discover things about myself that were holding me back from being all God created me to be. Providential? That word coins these life-changing classes because I now realize there are works God has already created for me to walk in, and these workshops helped me to see this more clearly. I received practical insights that I am already applying to be a more focused businesswoman, influential mom to my two teenagers, an eight and a half year old son and patient and passionate wife i got rid of a lot of clutter in my head bs they call it belief systems that were not serving me if you want to know what it means to empower others instead of trying to control them if you want to build a productive team in two days if you want to press the reset button in your life and give yourself a fresh new beginning then do yourself and your family a favor and attend the next leadership awakening it's time the giant in you comes alive 
Go to likeitmatters.net to find out more about Leadership Awakening Workshops. That's likeitmatters.net. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters Inspiration, Education, and Application. I am Mr. Black, and today we are talking about data for the journey. Ladies and gentlemen, as leaders, we got to understand there are only three ways to see any situation. And by the way, if you miss any of this radio show, you can listen to it again on likeitmattersradio.com. Likeitmattersradio.com. And please, if you do Facebook, please like us on Facebook. Just go to facebook.com slash L-I-M radio. And ladies and gentlemen, there are only three ways to see any situation. And I always tell my warriors that these are the things you got to focus on because this is where we get data. A good warrior has full uh, address of the battlefield. A good warrior takes in all the data available to it. That's why whenever you're talking about battlefield, you want to get recon. You want to know the battlefield. You want to know what you're up against. And this is all information that is readily available if just fully in the now moment. Be present. That's the key. Be present. So remember, we're dealing with communication here. Communication is an interactive process. The more you understand how the other person is thinking and feeling, the better you can communicate to get what you both want from the experience. And sometimes in order to do that, you have to step into someone's experience. So the three ways we can pick up data. Number one is the first position, perceptual position, is called self. That's where most people live. It's by default. We see things through our map of reality, through our own eyes. And that's our natural default. That's our natural place to see things. The point is you got to step outside of that every once in a while. You can't stay there. You get stuck, and then your ego's involved, and it's always your right and everybody else is wrong. It's your way or the highway. The second perceptual position is called other, and that's the ability to actually get out of yourself and step into somebody else's experience. You'll never truly understand somebody else's experience unless you walk in it with them. That's one of my gifts I have as a master trainer. I walk in people's pain. I walk in their misery. I walk in their stuff. That's why a lot of times after a class, uh, I, I'm beaten up for a week or two. I feel like, you know, in Ghostbusters, you know, when a little slime would come by and go through somebody and then they had slime all over them. After class, a lot of times I feel slimed because in order to help people, I, I got to walk in their shoes. Yes, the other day, my little boy, Benaya, who will be three years old in two months, he, for the first time, I had took my shoes off and he walked in my shoes in the living room. He was saying, hey, Daddy, I want to be just like you. And that made me a little bad because right now I'm not living to my best in my home life. I can do a lot better. So I'm getting some counseling. That's why I'm a, we all have to grow. We're all under construction. None of us is perfect. No, not one. Uh, when someone uh, called uh, Jesus a good ruler, a uh, good uh, uh, master, a good teacher, he said, who is good? Not one. And so you got to understand, we need to be able to go into second position to, to step into somebody else's map of reality. If you truly want to understand somebody, you must step in their map of reality. You don't have to agree with it, but you have to acknowledge it and understand it. And then the third position is what's called overview. It's kind of like if you were to have a situation with you and somebody else videotaped and then you watched it afterwards. That's what overview is. It's how does it appear to other people. Now, in first position, you've got to get out of there because you're naturally going to stay there. Because otherwise you get stuck there, it's called ego. Second position, you've got to go into that forcefully, but you can't stay there too long. If you get stuck there, you're going to be a sucker. And third position is called overview. And you can't get stuck there or you're dissociated because you're just watching things like you're not part of them. The key is to go be able to move in and out. And all three are opportunities to gather information. It's like a U-2 plane, like a Black Hawk, where you're taking in data, you're reconning. And see, my background is in neurolinguistic programming. NLP is the science of how the brain codes learning and experience. This coding affects all communication behavior. It affects how we learn and how we experience the world around us. It is the key to reaching and achieving excellence. Now, I t use it without letting people know and then teach them how they work. To me, NLP is God's instruction manual. But think about the words itself. NLP, neuro-linguistic programming. Neuro is our neurology, how we think and feel. Linguistics is the language part, what we say, how we say it, and how we are influenced by what we hear. And by the way, it's all called programming, which brings the third one, which is programming, is how we act to achieve our results. NLP is a study of structure of subjective experience. It's about distinction and organization. It's how we organize things. I truly believe it's the original research understanding the human experience like Jesus Christ. He walked in our shoes. 
NLP is the ability to understand human patterns and to adjust those patterns so it can be as resourceful as we want to be. At its core, it's about goals and choices. It's a process reducing everything to how do you do this? How do you know? And NLP, by the way, is not a philosophy. It's a technology. And it truly is the owner's manual to the human experience. And so you got to get this. By considering how another person perceives the information, how they take in, you can learn how to communicate more effectively. Remember, there are three different ways we all process this experience called life. Uh, we do it visually. People who think primarily in visual ways tend to use language that contain visual words and phrases, such as I get the picture or let's put this into a perspective. Now, if you want to connect with that person, then you need to start thinking in that way while you're dealing with them, picturing internally the person's descriptions, and then using the same sort of sensory-based words, what I just shared last one called predicates. Auditory people in the same way use words that express their listening, their auditory predicates, such as I hear what you say or it sounds good to me. That may indicate some auditory thinking. Again, by matching these words and recreating the sounds in your head, by putting yourself in their experience, you will start to think the way the other person thinks. When you walk a mile in someone else's moccasins, you'll start feeling what they're feeling. You'll start thinking what they're thinking. You'll start seeing what they're seeing or hearing what they're hearing. That's the key. That's why I said if you truly want to connect with someone, you must step into their map of reality. You don't have to agree with it. You don't even have to like it. You just have to understand it because if I can understand you a little bit better and you can understand me a little bit better, doesn't make sense we're in a position to have a better relationship. And the third style is kinesthetic. People who have a primarily kinesthetic thinking style will tend to use words relating to feeling or touch. They're much more physical sounding words. They're also touchy. They're going to touch a lot. Uh, you know, they might say things like, we're getting grips to grips with the problem. Uh, things are going smoothly. How you doing? I'm hanging in there. Hey, next week, let's touch base. Do you hear the physicality of the phrases? When you start doing this, you'll start to get a feel for how these people express themselves. And using similar words and figures of speech, you will notice, you will notice almost miraculously that rapport increases as you share their experience. It's an unconscious thing. So how do you deal with the three? Once you can identify, once you're listening to them. And by the way, th there's lots of things to see. Visual people dress very nicely. They're well kept because they process everything through the way they are, are seen. Auditory people, uh, depending on their upbringing, the uh, comfort might not be that important. They might look good. They might not look good. But kinesthetics, they're going to dress for comfort, not for looks. I'm very kinesthetic. If you ever see me out when I'm not in class or not around a class, you'll see what I'm talking about. You know, like when people are listening, a kinesthetic person, you want to be close enough to you that they can touch you. They don't need to look at you when they're talking to you. Matter of fact, if you make a kinesthetic look at you when they're talking at you, nothing might get in. My son Christian used to do that. If I wanted him to listen to me, I would let him look down at the ground and process his feelings. If I made him look at me, he'd look at me because I'm his dad. But nothing was getting in because he didn't process that way. You know, you got to get this. Eye location. For visual people, visual people stare a lot. Their eyes stay up a lot. Kinesthetic people, their eyes go down. They're looking to the ground a lot. It's almost like that depressed stance. But I'm not saying they're sad, but their eyes are down because eyes down to the right is a place called uh, kinesthetics where you store your emotions. If you put your eyes down to the left, it's a position called auditory digital. It's called self-talk. Think of the pose by Rodin, the thinker. Eyes are down to the left, his hands and his chin. Kinesthetic people touch themselves a lot below the waist. They're fidgety. They're, I don't mean in a bad way. Their hands in their pocket. They're slapping their knees. Auditory people touch their face a lot when they're talking. They rub their chin. Visual people stare at you. They're very upright. When you're at a dinner or a lunch or a business meeting with a visual person, you want to sit right across from them because they process by seeing. If you're talking to an auditory person, you want to sit side by side because you want to talk in their ear because that's how they process. In a kinesthetic, you want to be on the side as well but be a little closer so you can put a hand on them or a touch on them because they like that. Auditory. The auditory person is patient with routine and details and may tend to take on too much and get overwhelmed by saying yes when they should say no. They're good listers but tend to develop specialized skills. They need to know specific details. Give them step-by-step -step instructions. Under pressure, they're going to have six days, long lunches, and change jobs. So what can you do? Ask them, what does this situation tell you? What sounds like it can assist you? Give instructions verbally and tell them auditorily how proud you are. 
the kinesthetic, they start projects. Enthusiasm may stop when centered on details, so they go on to new projects. They like change and variety in action. They work in bursts of energy, often with slack time in between. Come up with creative solutions to problems. They handle interruptions easily, impatient with slow, tedious jobs or routines. Under pressure, though, the kinesthetic becomes a victim. They dramatize. They get people emotionally involved. So what can you do for the victim? Ask them. I'm so for the kinesthetic. Ask them, how do you feel about this? Give guidelines within skill sets, yet enough freedom to feel creative and inventive, and give public recognition. Make them feel special. And lastly, the visual is results-oriented. They want to be in charge. They will follow through on projects and keep on track. They're self-motivated. They love challenges. They are planners, organizers. They make decisions quickly, and they like to see things. However, under pressure, they get more demanding. They get stuck in their point of view. They make other people's point of view wrong or blunt and appear cold. What can you do? Ask them how they see this situation. What is the delay? Put your instructions in verbal form. Let them see it. I am Mr. Black. You are under construction on the Like It Matters radio network, reminding you when you live your life like it matters, it does. This is Mr. Black, your life caddy. In golf, the caddy knows the course, knows the golfer, and knows how to play the game. As your life caddy, I can help you maximize the potentials you were created with and live your life like it matters. I have books that will help you understand how you work and tools that will assist you in abundantly enjoying the game of life. Books include 180 Ways to Live Your Life Like It Matters and Becoming Your Dreams. Want it, create it, live it. As well as inspirationals in music, CDs, and T-shirts. Go to likeitmatters.net and order your books and tools today. You stopped solving your own problems years ago. Now you have a staff to do that for you. But it won't help you with your biggest dilemma, her Christmas gift. Well, do what you do best. Surround yourself with good people. The professionals at Wixon Jewelers. Wixon's already knows what's on her list. It's diamonds or a fine watch. Wixon's will make it so easy for you. You won't fight with mall crowds and you'll park right at their front door. Problem solved. Why would you go anywhere else? Wixon Jewelers, just off 35W at 9. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.